G'day community and welcome to the Mailbag Podcast for another week. My name is Damo and joining me is Clarky. How you doing? I'm feeling good this week. It's uh, it's been it's been a week of Supercoach. Uh, another week where my team was serviceable, went up a little bit in rank, and still didn't do as good as all of you heavy hitters at the top there. Yeah, I didn't have a great week because I decided to hold on to George Hewitt and Jordan Ridley. I still scored enough to move up in the rankings a little bit, but I didn't score as much as I could have, which is a little bit disappointing, but understandable in the circumstances, I guess. Uh, well, once again, we are sponsored by Manscaped. More on them a little bit later. And we've got a question that's come in from Patch, and this question can introduce our guest. We're joined by Azza. And as a North Melbourne man, as a firstly, welcome. Who does Patch have to talk to to get Tom Powell to play a senior game of football? Well, first off, gentlemen, let me thank you both for having me on this magnificent podcast that you uh, have both put together over the many weeks. Um, huge fan of all your work, as always. To answer this first question, unfortunately... I don't have a direct line to David Noble as much as I would love to because I have many a uh, suggestion for him. But Tom Powell has been playing some incredible football on the VFL level and will get his chance. I promise you, Patch. He will get his chance. Though, if you're looking at him in Supercoach Classic, I do wonder about your um, mental fortitude there because he is 334,000 and probably not the highest of scorers. If you have him in your draft side, which I probably predict Patch does, then all the best to you when he sits on the bench for the rest of the season. (laughs) Some real, real hard-hitting truths for you, Patch. Um, thank you for your pondering this week. I, I do apologize that it's not great news, but thanks for joining us, Azza. We we also love you, our beloved stat man. And when the stat man's testifying, a faithless man believes. We are once again sponsored by Manscaped. If you didn't use the code JOCKMAIL for 20% off and worldwide free shipping, there's still time. The Performance Package 4.0 is a great box of goodies to keep down there in check. Comfortable underwear, deodorants, and a neat and powerful waterproof lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Don't waste any time. Use code JOCKMAIL for 20% off and worldwide shipping. J-O-C-K-M-A-I-L, JOCKMAIL for 20% off and worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. We're going to jump straight into the questions because there's a question here that I don't know why we're answering a question for this person. Supercoach Mama has asked a question. She won Supercoach last year. I don't know why we're helping this person. We love her, but I don't know why we're helping her. (laughs) She she doesn't need our help. She's doing fantastic. We We love Mama over here. If anything, we need her help. Yeah, Mama, open invitation. Message us. Come on the show. We love you. And I know Azza has been doing some research into this. He's got his own list as well. He looked at the questions before we started recording. And um, who is a Defender Smokey under $530,000? I'll go first, and I will say that this is not an original thought, but the professor, he's very smart. He looks at things in ways that most others don't. And... Dyson Heppel was brought up by him during the week, earlier in the week, and he's actually averaging 106 over his last, what is it, over his last five games, and he is currently only in 1% of teams, and he's 510,300. Fits the bill. But uh, as as a let's uh, why don't you alleviate us on on your list for some defender smokies? <laughs> I mean, some some of the players on the list are somewhat of a given given their uh, um, the scores that we've seen in the past. The likes of Jordan Dawson at five hundred nineteen thousand nine hundred, averaging one hundred and three point four so far this season is only in five percent of teams. Probably just only fits that just fits that smoky bill, but does only have a lower score of eighty one. And what we've been able to see from him in that previous season with Sydney, and what he's already bringing to the Adelaide side, I reckon he's got a good run home. And the scores that he's been able to produce 
I reckon he's a fantastic pick. And what's your thoughts on um, Dawson Damo? I think he's a really good pick. I don't know about him as a smoky, but I think he's a good selection at his price, regardless of whether you think he fits into the smoky category or not. And he's at a really good price that you could that most people are looking for defenders at. All right, so delving a bit deeper into some more smoky territory here, let's take it up from a normal scotch to an eye peated scotch, shall we? Looking it's wonderful at wonderful all our scotch lovers out there. <laughs> let's look at somebody uh, like maybe Jerry, Jerry McGovern at 500,100. He's averaging 103.5. He's not really known for his huge scores, but at the moment he is absolutely firing on all cylinders with four scores over 100, only in the 1.8% of teams. And if you look at the scores um, that he's been able to put out against the upcoming teams, Melbourne, last score was 93. GWS, 130. Western Bulldogs, 121. Adelaide, 99. I reckon there's a lot of promise there with Jeremy McGovern at a huge smoky. I'm not game enough to pick it, but would you be game enough for someone like that, uh, Clarkie? Look, a West Coast defender in this economy seems like good stonks. Um, Not that they're doing a great job of stopping the goals by the sound of it, but those scores are really tantalizing. I'm just looking at them now. The thing that concerns me is that the the 92 and the 62 and the 107 from the last three, um, the last three that he's played, I I find it hard to pick a West Coast Primo. I think for me at at 500k as well, I'd kind of be looking to go a little bit like a, a lot further up or further down. It's just a bit awkward for me. And I guess the other big one, and this will be a huge call, and I know Supercoach Mama will love this as well because it's from her own beloved side, but that is, of course, Mark Blitzavs. And as you know, Damien, you've been talking about this off offline, but he looks to be maybe a preferred sort of ruckman going forward with Geelong. And if that's the case, there's some the numbers support that, that he will skyrocket in terms of his average. If he, if he puts over 20 hitouts... He averages 108.4, and he, at the moment, with the past three, he's averaging 113. That's huge there, don't you think? It definitely is, and if he does get a defense positional change with getting that Ruckman being being able to be put in the Ruck um, through DPPs, then he's every chance to be partnering up Braden Proust in some teams, especially if Max Gorn also gets his ruck forward eligibility, which is very close, not quite there yet. Um, so you could potentially move Max Gorn into your forward line and Mark Blitzarves into, into your ruck line. And that probably fixes a few holes for most teams. Mind you, though, a couple of weeks ago, I did laugh at Lechdog on the main podcast for bringing up Mark Blitzarves as an option, but we're still laughing. Just we're now laughing with him, not at him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I guess the last the last one to answer this question, Dane Zorko. 522,900. He's been a premium for many years. Change of role this season into defense, but he is averaging 105 from the past three. He's still actually incredibly only in 1.8% of teams, which I find incredible given that he's given the pedigree. Five scores over 100 for the season, and his next five are really great as well. With, a, with GWS in three rounds, his last score there, 162. Huge ceiling. I find it hard to pick a man without an Achilles. I feel like that's a, an integral part of footballing and feeting. Um, it, here's the thing, right? And I think Dane Zorko is kind of perfectly in that category of not quite exactly the same, but it's a category for me like Tom Hawkins, where I look at him and go, you have everything that you need to be a great scorer. Will I pick you this year? Absolutely not. I Zorko as well, I think, will be rested at some point. I, I just, I can't see it any other way. He looks sore. He's kind of like, all, all it's going to take is one bad contest, one bad game in terms of just like hard on his body. And I think he's going to fall apart. And that's going to be really difficult to manage, especially when he's spending that much on a defender. But that being said, at the moment, it's kind of, we say this and we look at him and then you go, well, I'm not going to bring him in this week. And then he does it again. And then we're back to, we're here. They're like, oh, well, we're not chasing the points from last week. We're looking forward. I still don't think, and I think 
it comes down to people sticking to your convictions where you don't want to take a long-term risk if you have... I, I'd probably rather pick McGovern, to be honest, over Zorko. And I know that's a big call, but just in terms... I just can't trust the injury. And we know that he is injured and we know that he's not at 100%. So when does that break down? And I've already got enough problems. Has McGovern already missed with COVID? I think he has. So yes, I there's, believe so. There's, so there's probably less chance of him missing with COVID now. No spicy cough 2.0. And we touched on the DPPs with Mark Blitzarves and the potential and the potential gain that we get from that. Um, we've got a question here from Nathan Scully. He wants to know if Bontempelli and Bailey Smith are going to get DPP. There's still a few games to go, so we don't have a solid answer for this. But what we can tell you, Nathan, is at the moment... Bontempelli has a midfield forward split of 63% and and 37% for forward, meaning that he would be getting it at the moment, but things can change. And Bailey Smith actually has the same split. So at the moment, if dual positions were coming out after this week, you'd probably think that they would be getting it. But... Because there's a few games before round 12 to come, three games, in fact, those splits could change. Um, And just another note as well, a minimum of six games is required to be considered for DPP before round 12. Not that this will worry Bailey Smith or Marcus Montempelli, but it does mean that players returning from injury like... uh, Nat Fife can't get a DPP off playing two games potentially before the DPPs come in. Yeah. I think, um, you know, if I think, I think that probably covers it. And I know as you've probably got some, some great stats to support that as well, of who we should be looking at, but I, I kind of want to pivot a little bit into the forward line because I'm having a lot of, a lot of questions about it. And Matthew Pitt, uh, on Twitter has also got some questions of who's actually worth targeting in the forward line. He's looking at guys like Libba, Parker and Taranto, but he can't sell himself on them. Does he wait for English or if not, if he's not fit? And I know that's, that's an issue. We already know at this point that it looks like English isn't going to be back this week. So people looking to upgrade in their forward line, who, who are we looking at um, as a, I don't know if you've got anyone in mind for who you're looking at in your forward line. Yeah, look, the forward line's a really interesting one at the moment. Given that um, we've, as Damo alluded to there, we've got the likes of Bontempelli and Bailey Smith who could could and might likely get DPP. I'm likely going to leave the forward line for now. I, at the moment, my forward line, I've still got good premiums in there with Dunkley, Tim English. Um, <laughs> my, Nick Martin, um, Caniglio and Butters, who which I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. There will come a time where they will be upgraded, but I don't think now's the time. Once we know what these DPPs are going to be, then that's when I will be striking because there's even a chance, even a chance, Max Gorn could become a ruck forward. At the moment, it's not looking likely but there is a chance and that is something you want to take advantage of rather than having a full primo forward line right now. I can't wait for that. That's going to make my forward line look like the captain's run. I've said it two weeks in a row now. Okay. I'm still tempted by Rory Lobb. Only one score below 88 for the season and he's 483k. He's only in 0.8% of teams. That's a pod. That's a pod if I've ever heard one. And the numbers support that, Damo. Anyway. I was I was talking to Tim and Azza, Tim to Tim Mitchell and, 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 and Azza, and while I was saying I need something to bring my team unstuck. And maybe going for someone like this could possibly could possibly bring my team out of the depths of mediocrity and uh I just can't do it. I mean, he's sitting there, ranked number tenth currently as a forward, but um, 
It's Rory Lobb. Can't, I, I don't. I don't think I can do it. The thing, the thing about it for me is that Frio are playing probably some of the best football I've seen Frio play in recent years. Like it's, and I know Damo as as a fellow top of the table boy. I mean, I am head of the table, but you know, you sit at my right hand. Um, you know, it's it's nice being at the top, and Frio are looking really good. So I don't, I, I don't hate it, but I completely agree with you that it is kind of a reach. Um, I'd like to probably throw out a name. Uh, and this is somebody that Pato on Twitter also wants to talk about, who I see as probably the main option people are going to look at this week for forwards. That's Darcy Cameron. So I mean, let's let's. It's inevitable. We got to talk about it. He is getting that rough time. He's getting the. He tunned up last week, much to and shout out to Tim. Tim, you crazy crazy boy, you did it. He turned up for you last week, brought him in early. So, you know, Damo, what what do you think about Cameron? I like Cameron. I really like Darcy Cameron. He was, he's almost traveled around the world to be finally playing regular AFL games, but um, he's still f- affordable as well at $368,000. He is filthy cheap. He's like when you go to the reject shop and they've got like some of those imported Oreos for like $2.50 and you're like, hell yes, peanut butter Oreos. Except Darcy Cameron hasn't expired and... Yeah, you get, you know, hey, sometimes there's value. The expiry date is close and the expiry date in this analogy being Brody Grundy's eventual return. Um, as have you got any thoughts? Ah, uh, Darcy Cameron. I mean, you both said it already. Tim Mitchell, you beautiful human being. What a pick. It's, I think he's um, one of those players that has been caught in a good luck of fortune because of circumstances with Grundy. As Grundy has disappeared and he's now become um, one of the top, you know, the number one ruckman sharing duties with um, Aiden Begg, that that's given him a lot more opportunities to see more ruck contests, head into the middle more, which has seen an uplift in his possessions, seen an uplift in his hitouts, which of course has then in turn an uplift in his super coach scores. I think it's a, still a good pick. He is, you're right, he is cheap. I'm, I can't fit him in and I'm, I'm not tempted, I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm not that tempted. But if you're looking for somebody who is an additional stepping stone, so if there's someone's like, you know, Nick Martin, where you think he's probably maybe potentially reached his peak and you're going to bring in Darcy Cameron to go another level up to swap him for a future premium when um, Grundy comes back, good move. And the stats support that. It's just, for me, it's not for me. So I think... You know, weirdly, I've kind of stumbled onto a really genius part of my Oreo analogy where there is a bit of an expiration date that does worry me. So I think it depends on your current position. I love Darcy Cameron as a pick right now, but I would only love him more if I had more trades available. I've had other issues I've needed to deal with, and I'm actually uh, quite, quite low on trades um, and we'll be begging on the doorstep with Patch um, with my hat open. Please, can I have some more uh, to steal the line directly from the great man himself? So I find it hard to bring in Darcy Cameron and go, he needs to be a keeper. That That's the issue. I would need to downgrade somebody else in order to justify banking some cash and bringing him in and then taking his price right. But I still need to upgrade him, which is two trades. And that's that's like that's currency at the moment. So and you're exactly right there, Clarky. It is two trades if you're looking at bringing him in. Because if you're bringing him in now for a sideways and then looking to upgrade him, that's two trades. You're exactly right. Whether that's going to be right for you is a question around um, how many trades you have. You've hit the nail right in the head there, Clarky. I don't have that many trades I'm with in the yeah. same boat. So <laughs> another reason why it's not for me. But I do. But the the stats are there. The value is there. I think if you've got the picks, go for it. Do it. And I suppose on this, and on the same, uh, on the, on the same sort of trajectory as money generation and points generation, um, John DJ fifty nine. He always asks us a question oh, on the podcast. You're beautiful man, thank you so much. He wants to know out of Carol Rioli and Hamilton, who would you leave out to downgrade to, or to put it another way. Which two would you trade in this round? 
can I hit the family feud buzzer like first so I can get the the top answers on the board? Uh, top answers: uh, bringing Carol and Hamilton, leave Rioli. I'm sitting in the same potato salad. I'm sitting in the same boat as I'm sitting in the same boat. There's every, given the role that Morris Rioli plays. There's every chance he could pull out a Malcolm Roses score an eighteen and then not make any more money for us. It's the it's the funny thing about Supercoach. I think I said this I say this quite often. Where it's kind of disappointing to talk about it because he is like clearly a very talented footballer, and that's absolutely not in doubt. So it's really it's really uh, it feels bad kind of having to compare three really young talented players. Um, but I think you're right. I think Rioli, I just have a little bit more doubt around what he's doing. Jack Carroll has been doing some great work over at the Blues. Uh, and Cooper Hamilton, let's hope he survives the cube. Um, Azza, where are you sitting on this? I think I, I'm slightly in disagreement, but only because another way to um, have a look at these sort of players is to have a look at the VFL stats. Um, there's a wealth of information that you can see there depending on how they're going. And one of the things that stands out to me with um, Maurice Rioli compared to everyone else is how many tackles he gets per game. And that is a huge supercoach stat. At the moment, in his current VFL games, he's averaging 5.2, which puts him in the top 10% of all VFL players at the moment, which is just huge. He is a speedy, precious small forward. It's not 100% great, and I do agree with Damo. He, there is every potential he could put out an 18, but the I think the stats also show that there is value to be had there because of how he generates his points. Whereas somebody like a Cooper Hamilton, they're okay across the board in a generalistic sense. There's nothing that really stands out. Yeah. Whereas Jack Carroll, his stats are sublime. Top top 6% for disposals, top 10% clearances, top 5% for inside 50s. He is an absolute beast in that level. And for me, it would be Carroll and Rioli because the biggest thing is that Hamilton scares me is that Leon Cameron cube. And I guess that comes on to that sort of leads on to Matt O'Brien's question. Would you use a boost to do a triple downgrade? If you've got a boost to spare. Um... Actually, let's sort of touch on that first before we go back to that question. How many boosts should you have used up until this point? Because I think if you've only got two left, then it's not play. worth doing it. Then, then it's not doing a triple downgrade. Damo, I don't want to play. I don't want to play the game. I okay. don't want to play the game. So I think the the question needs to be a bit uh, reworded there, Damo, because how many should you have? Well, you probably should have a few. Five. But let's, five. You should be, have five. Uh, let's be honest. I think the temptation of this boost has got us all, and I would be surprised if everybody still has the original amount and that they haven't got sucked in. If you have five, you are t- you are doing incredibly well, and I salute you because I am one of those that have very little. You know that uh, the meme of like the superhero where he's got like the big red button and he's like wiping his like the sweat off his brow. That's me every week looking at the shiny green boost button. Um, so okay, you know what? I'm gonna pull my own pants down here and admit I only have one boost left. I have kind of been frantic with how I've needed to fix my team and using those boosts has helped me get myself to a point now where I'm kind of breaking even with the middle of the pack so I can kind of look forward. And Clarky, um, I will I will uh I will make you feel a little better too because I have none. Whoa. Now this will come as a shock. That is a it shock. Is. It is, and the reason it, it is not, it hasn't been the smartest of moves. I've had a, a, a few um, bad luck plays in my side, but the advantage that I've seen with this is some, it was a lesson that was um, given to me by a, a famous super coach player. Shout out to him, Laughing Raccoon, Happy Raccoon. We all probably know him and seen him before. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned from him was upgrade early. And in doing so, yes, I may have burned all my boosts, but I at this stage, 
I mean, I've still got Hewitt and I've still got English, but putting them on the be- putting them on the field, I've only got one playing rookie left in my side, and I've Ooh. still got twenty trades left. That's that's so. Very I spicy. think it's again vic- victim of circumstance. Yes, I may have burnt them all. I probably have hurt myself, but with buys coming up, I've still got three trades. But my side, as it is, is very healthy. So, with all that said, would you use a boost to triple downgrade this week? Or would you only use it if you are upgrading? I think this is the week that you could triple downgrade. Given the rookies that are on the bubbles, the ones we've already talked about, Cooper Hamilton, Jack Carroll, you've still got also on top of that the likes of Aiden Begg and Luke Stranica. I think there is enough here on the bubble that this is the time to strike. If you've got three and you're wanting to, and you've got um, plenty of other rookies available to you, this is the week to do so. I am going to respectfully disagree only because, and, and this is purely my my view of it, next week we've got Greg Clark. Greg Clark should be playing this week. Uh, he's out of health and safety, and it's kind of like we've discussed before. Greg Clark is something that I have flagged because he had a great first game. That's, that's perfect, 104 in his cycle. We love that. But the main thing is, is that we know that West Coast want to play him. He would have played round one had the shoulder injury, comes back from it, busts out a big score. Health and safety, you can't predict that. That's not on him, and it's not going to affect him sort of going forward. Maybe he needs a week to get back into it, but he's already got the 104 in his cycle. Um, Another one for me is Cooper Stevens. Cooper Stevens, a lot of really good young talent. Geelong are finally playing him. If he can string together a good series of games, even with 60, we've got a few people sort of coming. I would probably argue for... If it were me uh, and I had the trades to spare, 100% would be two down, one up if I could. That would be my preferred if I was going to use a boost. But I'm um, just in um, rebuttal there, Kaki. Would you be miss? Would you be ad- um, adverse to missing players this week? Because we we don't know how many more are likely rook- uh, you know rookies are to come. So cash generation is still key for those that are looking to downgrade. Yes, Cooper Stevens is there. Yes, Greg Clark is there. But after that, there's not really many on the horizon. If it's better striking while the iron's hot, or are you going to um, are you happy to risk it by only going one or two this week? I'm happy to risk it in terms of you get an upgrade. It's like you were saying before, upgrade mm. when you can. And if the double down helps you get one up, then you're not going to be worried about like that's one less rookie spot that you have to fill. If you've got guys like Nick Martin, Will Brody, even Paddy McCartan busted out that 94 last week, you've still got a few weeks where these guys are going to make money and actually, by the looks of it, put out some serviceable scores. So I feel like if, you, if you're making that great move to go up, then you're not missing the, the long term because you then it kind of plays into itself where, you know, if you've already upgraded one spot, then that's one spot that you have less that you have to upgrade. And look, that being said, you know, not to sort of, we're all friends here and I love you. I'm sorry for respectfully disagreeing. Oh, um, go for but it. Yeah. I completely see if you are in a position where you need the cash, absolutely triple down is totally fine. I think getting an upgrade is very important and Damo has been very quiet through all of this. So I'm kind of expecting uh, he's got a very good, opinion that is coming the gospel of damo go ahead no i was was listening to you guys it was a very good discussion to to be completely (laughs) honest i it was it was good listening to you guys sort of duke it out a little bit and um i kind of agreed with both sides like it comes down to how your team looks in the end and where you are in your in, in in your upgrade scheme like if you if you are lagging behind and need to use the boosts to get to get to do an upgrade then you do an upgrade if if you are lagging behind because you don't have the cash generation to do upgrade, then use the boost to get those three rookies in to get that cash injection for down the road at, at, at the buy rounds. It's, it's kind of, there are two situations where, where there's no wrong answer. There's how does your team look? How do you want it to look after the buys? What is the quickest way? And what is the way that's going to facilitate that after this week? I think, I think that's a that's actually a really good point where it's about how you want to use it. And 
Um, yeah, as has got as has used his boosts. I've got one left. Damo, how many boosts do you have? Two, but I'm playing around with potentially only having one left after this week. I think people are kind of as well putting a. I don't want to say false economy, but maybe a little bit of a. Pre- like pressure on themselves to be like, I've only got five boosts. I have to use them perfectly. When in reality, you need to be focusing on what's improving your team. If you have to use a boost or if you choose to use a boost to get there, then it doesn't matter because the end result is the same. So it's about making sure that you're comfortable with it. You know, we say this a lot. If you're comfortable with the moves that you're making, you know, your, your gut will always kind of tell you, you know, you play Supercoach, you watch footy, you understand, you know, you, you listen to all different content creators, including us, to get a, as many perspectives as you can. At the end of the day, when you're hitting the trade button, you know if it feels right in your gut or not. So if you've used all of your boosts or if you want to use your boosts, don't be afraid to because you put the fear into the button and then there's the pressure that it has to be this miraculous, like I have to bring in Lockie Neal or I have to bring in, you know, Marcus Bontempelli because he's got dpp now it's focus on following your upgrade path right through and don't put pressure on the green button because the green button is fun to press let's be honest and people do these and people play super coach for various different reasons and yes the trades and the super boosts make things interesting and make and makes people think about their team a little bit more and makes people can have a bit of an impulse shop with, on su- sunday nights when lockout clears yeah. but but in the end, we don't know if this person is playing for league. We don't know if this person is playing for rank. We don't know if this person is playing for fun, just to have something to talk about. We don't know what's going on with why they're playing. We just know that they want that they want to sort of just be involved. And it's going to come to a point where, and we can probably talk about um, Jesse's question here. <laughs> yes. What point... Do you throw your hands in the air, except that you're not winning the whole thing, and just start making those trades that make your hair stand up? Like round three. Like <laughs> yeah. he's 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 even asked us, "What is an insane trade that you guys want to make, but you know better, but you still want to?" And I probably answered that question earlier by talking about Rory Lobb. If if I was completely down and out, I was nowhere near you know, the top, I was not even thinking I could get there. I would probably have Rory Lobb in in my team well well before now. If if I was going for my insane trade that was based purely on my love of football and Supercoach combined, my ape brain, my Supercoach ape brain says, bring in Stephen May. You know why? Because I go to every game that I can and I watch him. He stands in the goal square and then runs out of the goal square and boots it to a contest and i love that that's great you know play on from kick-ins that's a that's an extra point he he knows he knows he's getting those extra points by stepping out of that goal square i think there's no point where you know like some people they're like ah this is the year i'm gonna win the the 50 grand and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be the best super coacher but really it is always going to be one and you kind of know where you sit in the whole thing. You're reasonably early, you know, and, and it's a combination of both research and luck. And don't get disheartened by that if you feel like you've fallen behind. Because let's be honest, Supercoach is still really fun. I have so much, I'm so stressed and I turn up and I still, I open my phone every day and I look at Supercoach and I go, I love the numbers. It I it helped, you know, and personally, it helped me love footy. I wasn't a big like and this is probably a personal tangent, but I wasn't really into footy sort of pre-2017. I was kind of footy adjacent, you know, my family, my dad and or you know, they were very much and I I would listen and I would watch games and I kind of have little bits of but I was never like fully in. And then 2017 uh finished and then 2018 was the first year that I played Supercoach and it changed everything about how I looked at the game and how you understand how players work and it made me want to be a, an, a, an aspiring little I want to not quite as his level of great stats man who is very good with numbers and we have a lot of guys in the Jock Reynolds crew as well who support him in being good with numbers but 
understanding that and seeing like how complex the game is and how nuanced it is. It's I, I love that and I don't ever want to stop playing Supercoach. Even if I am dead last, I never want to throw my hands up in the air and say, it doesn't matter. Let's let's just do it. Also Giant Nukem. <laughs> I just I get a good vibe. He he's he's so good. There, we've got lots of questions this week, but I think we have to move on and head into our captaincies and tips. So if you asked us a question and we did not answer it, we are terribly sorry, but we had a lot. And we'll start at Marvel Stadium on Friday night where Collingwood meet Western Bulldogs. This could be an interesting game. Collingwood is playing very competitively considering considering it's a new coach and a new system. And Western Bulldogs, well, they're not going so great, but they should get Marcus Bontempelli back this week, who is also a captaincy option, if you're or a vice-captaincy option, I should say, as is Jack McRae, Josh Dunkley um, on the Collingwood side. Jack Crisp is a captaincy option, is a vice-captaincy option. Darcy Cameron, if you feel so inclined Ooh, and daring. Um, look... My heart says that the dogs are going to bounce back with uh, Bont coming back in. And my VC option, probably McRae, would be my pick of the game. I do like McRae as a vice-captaincy option, but I actually think I'm going to go for Josh Dunkley as my vice-captaincy option. <laughs> as is, doing, as is as just is hit his mic, just just yeah. hit his mic, saying the, no to that one. Yeah, the the no the no throat throat line. <laughs> Only because I'm speaking from a stats perspective. What? Looking at um, Jack McRae's scores against Collingwood, his last five that he's played against Collingwood, 102, 110, 148, 103, 118. Compare that to Josh Dunkley against Collingwood, his last five, 86, 73, 101, 67, and 113. One thing stats don't tell you, though, is a role change. This is true. Actually, don't, don't they do that? Well, no, that it's that's true, but I mean, right. obviously, as a, as a holistic number, when I talk about Supercoach scores as a number, they don't give you the entire story about what's happened in that particular game and moment. So that's fair. Buy beware. Hawthorne are playing Richmond at the MCG for the next one. Uh, look, Richmond, Dusty, Dusty's back. He didn't score super great last week, but I think sneaky VC option because he's probably easing himself back into it, and it's. You know, whether you love him or hate him, great to have him back at football. I don't think I can think of anyone else really who may have any relevancy. Jaden Short has been doing pretty good. This is the game that finished last season as a draw, completely ruling Richmond out of the finals. So I think Richmond will be wanting to win this one just to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I think I'm tipping Richmond, but Hawthorne, I think, are a sneaky chance because they've kind of picked themselves in a few games just to sort of reach, I think, from what we from what we expect in terms of what we think of. And if you're interested looking at the numbers, Dustin Martin it does look like he could be a, a great pick against Hawthorne with his last five scores there being 114, 119, 93, 128 and 120. Stats, man, take my blues away. Next game is North Melbourne hosting Port Adelaide at Blunston Arena. North Melbourne do do well at Blunston Arena. And Port Adelaide, have they picked themselves up for the season ahead? I'm tipping Port Adelaide, but I wouldn't be surprised if North Melbourne come out of the box down in, at Blunston Arena. Much for the same reason you put the, you don't feel bad when you got the captaincy on Lockie Neal. Uh, I'm also picking Port Adelaide because nobody will be tipping North and I'm sorry to say that as a, so it's good for my tipping comp. Yeah, the number the numbers there um, don't really support North Melbourne winning. I have I have uh, Port, I have Port Adelaide currently uh, based on the stats that I have. There are seventy eight percent chance Port Adelaide are a seventy eight percent chance to win. So not great news for Port uh, for North fans, I should say out there. But silver lining, if you do own Travis Boak, his numbers are phenomenal against North. 109, 129, 111, 149, and his last game against North, 160. That is huge. 
Definitely a vice captaincy option. We'll also talk about Ollie Wines as well as a possible if you got him. Goldstein has been uh, going up against Hayes. Could be an interesting one. Rod Goldstein. I wouldn't do it, but I mean, if you got him and you feel daring, maybe. If you backed him in and traded him in this week after that good good showing last week, why not? Uh, moving on to Marvel Stadium, uh, we got St. Kilda hosting Geelong. And we've heard from Chris Scott today that Sam de Koning will be playing on Max King. So the Dutch King will be playing on the English King. I'm tipping Geelong for this one. And and the numbers would support that as well. But only just. At the moment, I have Geelong winning by a slender margin of five points. Again, please don't take this to the bank. Please don't gamble responsibly, all that jazz. Don't listen to me. But yeah, I, I, I reckon you... Geelong probably just. Jack Steele, captain option. Uh, That's probably the only one that really jumps out at me. There's no one really super performing in... Okay, stats man. (laughs) Sing it to me, baby. Jack Steele against Geelong. Uh, Interesting. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, His last few haven't been too bad. 120. 86, 116, But the one that really stands out to me, it's a bold call if you do so, Patrick Dangerfield. His numbers against St Kilda are absolutely phenomenal with two scores over 150, with those scores coming in the last few seasons, 163 and 169 in his last three games against St Kilda. Definitely worth mulling over. We'll head over to the SCG, where we've got Sydney and Essendon. Um, Great, great outing for parish owners uh, like myself last week from from Darcy Parish. So hopefully, I mean, it could be worth a shout. Um, but I think Sydney also probably still take this one. As a, how does Callum Mills perform against Essendon? Callum Mills against Essendon, you say? Let me bring up my stats, shall we? Callum Mills against Essendon. His last five games, we've got. Scores of 96, 60, 96, 87, and 129. The one thing, as we've mentioned, position changes, role changes, the one thing these stats also don't capture is breakouts. And Callum Mills is one of those players that is just taking another step entirely. So if you look at his stats holistically for the 2021 season, his 87 was his second lowest score of of, uh, of that season against Essendon. So I'd take it with a grain of salt. I still think he's a fantastic option. But the other one that stands out for me against Essendon is Luke Parker. Lots of people traded him in last week and were disappointed with the 89 that he uh, that, that he churned out. So um, they will want him to respond. Owners in Supercoach will want Luke Parker to respond. And I think they'll be uh, kindly rewarded giving that Essendon is a team that Luke Parker loves playing against. There is huge scores to be found there, including 151 last season against Essendon in 2021. Well, I don't own either of those guys, so how's Isaac Heaney doing? Hopefully he scores 100. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to move to the Adelaide Oval. Uh, Adelaide playing Brisbane. Um, Lockie Neal. Come on. on. You got Lockie Neal. And I think I need to issue a public apology where... Lockie Neal did not quite score uh, a 300 like I suggested he would last week. and Close. I'm not that sorry because he still scored 120, which is good. He burst out of the blocks and then from there, once the game was pretty much on, on ice, just sort of strolled through. And, and as I will tell us that Lockie Neal has scored 147 and 148 in his last two games against Adelaide, mind you, that was at the Gabba, and he did miss the 2021 game against them as well. And you would be exactly right, Damo. 100% correct. 2020, 147. 2019, 148. Previous games before there, 110. 2017, he had a 55. Whether you can see, read anything into that, probably not, given that that was the year he absolutely exploded across the game. I reckon he is another fantastic choice. Damo, I'm going to let you do this next game. Next game, the Dockers head to Metricon Stadium up on the Gold Coast there to play the Suns. This is a game that has previously troubled the Dockers. 
Captaincy options in this game are Andy Brayshaw, Took Miller potentially as well. Mm. I think Took Miller's the go there. Looking at his form against Fremantle's not only good, but his form at home is just phenomenal. His last five scores at home for Took Miller, you've got 146, 115, 107, 120, and 140. Excellent. Let's move on to Giant Stadium, where GWS are going to play Carlton. GWS are going to play Carlton over at Giant Stadium. That's going to happen. Um, Patrick Cripps is probably one of my go-to options. Hewitt looks like he may It's really close to being back. Really close. Got to pass a fitness test. As a stats, I'm going to jump in again, mate. Oh, no. It's swooping stats. Josh Kelly will come up as the player that has the best stats for against Carlton. As a check the books, is he right? Ooh, well, I w- as while I'm checking, I can actually tell you that one of the ones that uh, I was just quickly looking at, interestingly enough, Patrick Cripps against GWS isn't great, but as we mentioned, that could probably be a Matt DeBoer potential issue there because his scores against GWS um 57, 71, 95, 66, 122. Fingers crossed that can be broken. Matt DeBoer either plays a sub role or he's not in it at all. So we can finally see uh, Patrick Cripps in full flight against JWS. But going back to Josh Kelly, his stats against Carlton, brace for it, gentlemen. 124, two, uh, 101, 131, and in 2018, 205. So I was right. Yes. But when are you not, Damo? It's like watching two seagulls fight over a chip. This final game of the round is the one that everyone has their eyes on. Does Max Gorn play? Does Clayton Oliver play? Does Christian Petrarca play? This, I mean, it's only early in the season, so you don't know if there's going to be a rest that happens, but Max Gorn is probably the most likely to be arrested if anyone is rested, but... For the sake of a lots of people's Supercoach teams, I hope that he he makes the trip over and at least plays in the forward line where there should still be plenty of supply against West Coast. West Coast should get back a few players from health and safety protocols. But it's going to be a Melbourne win. I am confident. Is that bad? I it feels wrong. It feels disgusting. Is this what is this what people feel when they have good teams? If it helps Clarky looking at the uh the numbers and uh the prediction models that I've gone with, you would be pleased to note that Melbourne has an a staggering eighty nine percent chance of winning. I like those odds. Um Gamble responsibly. <laughs> uh <laughs> Sorry, the first thing that comes to my mind is Dredderick Tatum, where, uh, look, I have nothing against Adam Simpson. He seems like a fine man, uh, but I definitely think that Melbourne will make orphans of his players and the assistant coach will die of uh, grief. And I apologize to all West Coast fans out there for asking this question to Clarky, but Clarky, could we see a repeat of a potential score in uh, 2011 with Geelong playing Melbourne down at Cadinia Park. It would be nice. I think that's kind of one of the last, that's one of the last bastions, I think, of what, like the things that we need to erase from the past to become, you know, the, the best Melbourne. So the problem that I have, and this is probably more of a football thing, but Melbourne, look, we've been playing good. We're playing reasonably good. We've been winning, and that's great. But I kind of also have yet to see us put the foot down. And to be honest, I'm sick of it. It's arrogance. You win one premiership, you think you don't have to put the foot down. Put the foot down. Um, I'm kind of hoping that this game will be that game, but also I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be not as drastically a murder as people like I joke before um, just to be very clear to any of our West Coast fans you guys are having a rough season and I have nothing but empathy for all the crap that you've had to put up with this year but I don't think it's going to be as much of a murder as people think probably good score from Petrarca or Oliver if they are 
out there playing probably a high possession game, I would imagine, for them. And if Maxi, just put the E on your R3 as well, will probably be my one thing. If Maxi doesn't travel, then you've got your emergency anyway. And if he does, he'll probably score right anyway. And I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a long time. In fact, I don't know if I've done it ever. West Coast's defense has actually been holding up okay. Mm-hmm. What's your point? It probably speaks to what you were saying that you don't think it's going to be a complete demolition. Yeah, look, it's it's kind of going to be one or the other. It's going to be either reasonably close because Melbourne play in second gear, or it's going to be an absolute murder because Bailey Fritch happens to kick eight, just out of sheer luck. Unfortunately, the stats don't support you there, Damo, as uh, West Coast are the team that have conceded the most points this season. Watching them against Brisbane... This they're, is true. I mean, they're, they're, we they're, all expected that. Yeah. Watching, watching them against Brisbane, it really only fell down in that final quarter. So a four-quarter performance from the Eagles' defense could, could, could make it a fairly... Um, stingy contest and especially if they're going to be getting a few players back too which will really help their side i don't think it's going to help them win per se but it'll still help them minimize the damage to a degree but yes it's going to be an interesting one i think either way we can safely say any of the big three uh give or take max gone depending on if he travels Great options, and I think that's probably everything that we've got. It's a long one today, Damo. It is a long one today, and um, that's thanks to our community for giving us lots of wonderful questions. We love you guys. Thank you. That is thanks to As you, Clarky, for oh you for all of your discussion, and you even had a bit of a drive yourself for a little moment there, and that was. That that was nice. I could sit back and relax. It's nice and to, as are you, sit on Papa's lap and grab the steering wheel. And as are you've provided us with some great stats and insight as well. So thank you again. Thank you very much for having me on this. Uh, you absolutely wonderful human beings. Uh, oh. If anybody has any stats related questions, always feel free to hit me up on my Twitter feed. But um, the bulk of the the love here is for the work that you two have done. Uh, amazing podcast. The community loves you. I love you. Thank you for having me again. Jim. We love you too. And you know what? I think was one final thank you, Damo, and that's to Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped have sponsored us uh, for the coming time. And that's been great because it gives us a lot of opportunity to produce great content for everybody and take all these questions. And um, you can use the code JOCKMAIL for 20% off and free shipping uh, on any order from there. I mean, the the Lawnmower 4.0, Manscaped sent us some products to try and it's it's good. Like, they're, they're good products and it's quite easy to spruik a product that you actually know has some quality to it. So thank you, Manscaped, for giving us that opportunity. 